Happy episode 70. Hey, we made it. Who would have thought? 7-0. 70 weeks of consecutive episode releases. That's kind of wild. That is wild. Have we just stopped doing seasons? Oh, yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> I And do you know why? Because I kept losing track. And I think there's lots of like season two's episode seven. Like I was just like, uh-huh. I can't do this anymore. And I think when we first started, we were like, oh, we'll break this up into seasons. I think it was really like well-intentioned in how we thought your deconstruction journey would go. Right. We're like, it will go in seasons. And Classic. we'll break this up. And we realized um, that that's not, it's not a linear path. And so seasons didn't make sense. Love it. But episode 70. Episode 70. Um, I want to start by reading a tweet that I tweeted at <laughs> from a bar at 1.17 a.m. Not super sober. Okay. But I tweeted this. <laughs> this is what I, this is my. How's your spelling and grammar? Version. Honestly, fantastic. Great. Yeah. This is Emily's version of like a drunk tweet, which is hilarious. <laughs> Defiance does not signify freedom from control. It signifies the fight, the struggle to yank away from that whose voice is still deep and cherished and clung to. Mm. How long ago was this tweet? Um, 2021. November 2021. Okay. So um, it's been a minute. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Like, well, A, why are we talking about it? Right. And how do you feel about it when you read it now? Well, I thought of that tweet and then I was just thinking of this idea of like, I think... I remember where I was. I was sitting at like, or I was standing at kind of like more of like a standing level table at this bar and I was just processing. And this is, this was kind of like when I was deconstructing, but maybe not really talking about it, maybe not super self-aware and kind of in my quote rebellious phase of just like, I'm going to like party and do what I want. And like, I'm like, I'm giving up being a good Christian girl. Like, I just, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think I was standing in that bar at 1.17 a.m. And I just had this thought where I was like, is this actually what I want to be doing? Or is this just what I think it means to, like, push back from what I've been told? Yeah. And I think as I've been thinking, I've been thinking about, like, I think... For anyone who's deconstructing and maybe in that rebellious phase, I think I just think something I've been processing is that isn't really you being autonomous and finding your own, like what you want. Mm. You're just doing the opposite. You're just doing what everyone told you not to do. And you haven't even stopped to think of like, is this what you actually want? Right. And in many ways, like you're still just being dictated to by the same powers it be even though you're doing the opposite, like, you know, them, you know what I mean? Like, right. They said you have to do this and now you're like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm going to do the other thing, but you're still letting them dictate essentially your actions. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're still very much controlled. Like it was actually funny because I was talking to my therapist. I had therapy yesterday and I'm coming here to record, but like, (laughs) I think we should always make that happen. (laughs) Um, My therapist said he was like, you tried like you tried to be the good, perfect Christian girl. He was like, you tried really hard. And he was like, and then you kind of said like, 
F all of it. Like, I'm going to do what I want. And he's like, and now I feel like you're actually starting to find who is Emily and what does Emily actually want, kind of regardless of those authoritative voices that, like, you clung to for so long. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I don't know if you'll answer it, but as of today, who is Emily and what does Emily want? I mean, I think that's a really good question, and I feel like I'm kind of embarking on that journey. Yeah. Like, I feel like I finally have started to be like, I don't need to do what, like, the old pastors and leaders said I needed to do, and I don't need to do the opposite to prove that I am different and cooler and, yeah, like, don't care what they say. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, what Gary, that's my therapist name, what he was saying it's is, a like, great therapist it's a great name. therapist name. Um. He was like, now, like, you're on this new journey. And so yeah. I think, I don't know, man. Like, I'm figuring it out of just, like, what does my life look like these days? And what is, like, my job? Like, I'm kind of, you graduate college and you start to kind of, like, figure out who you are and the life you're, like, trying to build. Yeah. If there, I don't want to go down a ton because I don't want to, like, derail you. You had a really good thought for us. Right. So I don't want to derail us. But what, do you have anything that you were, like, when you were old Emily when you were fully deconstructed Emily and you're now like the thing that you thought you were like striving for like I, for like PCA Emily yeah like you I would say wanted affirmation and approval from your elders mm-hmm. also wanted a seat at the table because yes. you cared about it um so like when you were like if those are two very guiding things what were your guiding things when you were kind of in your fully mm. like you called it your atheist phase or era when you were in that what were the things that you were guiding towards and do you think those were like responses and overreactions to like so you're still being controlled by that and those are overreactions i do i'm not quite talking about my atheist era like i'm kind of talking about almost like the rebellious phase of like Maybe it's kind of all together, but I'm kind of talking about, like, last semester of college, Emily just being, like, just hurt and burnt out and, like, not caring what anyone wants her to do. Was this the Emily that was at the bar and, like, why, like, you guys suckers are going to church? Or this is so much more fun than church? (laughs) That Emily? (laughs) This is that Emily. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) And I think, I mean, I think what I was just trying to do then is, like, I think I just, I wanted to see what I was missing out on. Like, I almost felt like an explorer hmm. of, like, what what did they prohibit me from doing? How can I do it and just, like, see maybe they were lying to me this whole time. Hmm. I already feel like they were lying to me about what is true about God and about me. Maybe they were also lying about all the rules and how they'll hurt me. Yeah. Um. But the idea of, like, what I wanted to accomplish, I think for a little bit, like, maybe for that, like, semester, I kind of just wanted, like, to take a break from having something to strive for. And maybe that's not very self-aware. We probably always strive for something. But I kind of just wanted to, like, goof off. Yeah. You were striving to be breezy. To be breezy. Like, in Friends, Monica goes, I'm breezy. Don't watch Friends. Oh, but. and then Chandler goes, 
if you say you're breezy, you're not breezy. I don't know which one Chandler is, but I would say I fully agree <laughs> with that statement, actually. Uh, I'd be a Chandler friend. Is he a good guy on the show? He's like great. Him? Yeah, great. we love Chandler. Um, but okay. it's interesting that yeah. while I was in the midst of that, I like named that and tweeted that drunk. Right. Like that's interesting that there was something in me that kind of already knew, like I'm still being controlled by this. I haven't actually let go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think there's a lot of different yeah. routes to take this and it's hard for me. Like this is like actually like very much lining up with what I'm preaching about this Sunday okay. in many ways in terms of like letting go of things mm. to grab a hold of something. Because I do think that like we perceive freedom to be the lack of rules or like yes. to do whatever we want i don't think that's freedom and i will take it to what i find to be a really helpful analogy like coaching basketball no rule basketball is not freedom mm. it's chaos yes um it's it's not fun or beneficial for anyone coaching highly structured basketball is when the most freedom and creativity is allowed to happen mm-hmm. among players and coaches in the game and when you see people playing at the highest level um it's the most structured yet somehow the most free and creative and i think for us like as humans we are oftentimes distracted by like our desire for certain things that we perceive will give us that and then we become really infatuated with them and so like in religion like we become infatuated with rule following and like being a part of this thing and so like i'm so infatuated with like keeping the commandments and the rules we get out of that like i'm really infatuated with doing the opposite of that like i want to be at the bar every night or i want to surround myself with these people but it's like i think both of those moods are driven by an infatuation that doesn't actually provide us with freedom yeah so here's the thing is in my upbringing, we like they said something like that a lot, like maybe not about basketball. They talked a lot about how there's a study where kids um, in a playground with a gate played all the way up to the gate. And then when you took the gate away, they actually played in a smaller vicinity or a hmm. smaller like circumference. And the point was, is like when you take the boundaries away, you don't have any safety. And so you end up like being able to be less creative and be less free because you're so worried about like protecting yourself. Yeah. So, which I think is a really interesting study, but I think what was tricky is that the church used that to say like, that's why you need our exact rules. Right. And so I think there's like a, okay, F your rules. But I and so now I'm going to play without the gate, maybe, but I'm still thinking about the gate all the time and like versus saying, like, how can I almost like build my own gate or find a gate that works for me and makes me feel safe that isn't the harmful one I was given at the beginning. Right. The last thing you said is what resonated the most. I think we will all have a gate. We will all be enclosed by some set of parameters and rules or a life structure and ethos that guides us, a moral compass, religion, whatever you want to call it. And. I think it's a fallacy to think that there is any life outside of that Mm. because we all, I think, create our own. I also see the huge damage of what you're talking about to be like, we're going to teach this as a control system to keep you within our things. And I think at its worst, it's a prison, right? Like no one is 
in the prison cell and like, oh, I have more freedom because I know my boundaries. And so I'm going to go explore every single wall of my six by six cell. That doesn't feel like freedom. Mm. But I definitely resonated with when you said the study of the kids, which I don't know if that's real. And I always get like nervous when I hear pastors say there was a study done by. That's true. Uh, like, I didn't hear it from a pastor. Okay, great. Well, it might be true. But I would be uh, someone drop it in the comments if you know the study. But but I do resonate with at least the ideal behind it in that like the further that you like to have those parameters, it will make you feel safe. You know what the rules of the game are. It's like when you're playing hide and seek. If you were a kid and you're like, okay, we're playing hide and seek and you're in the forest, that's a 12-hour game because you have no idea what the boundaries are. If you're playing in a playground, it's like the game is more fun for everybody Mm -hmm. because you know how far you can go and where people might be, where to look. And I think at its best, it should allow us to be more creative because we're not so overwhelmed by the expansive nature of nothingness that's around us, you know, or the expansive nature of no boundaries that are around us, you know. Yeah, the study is real. I just looked it up. Wow, that was fast. Um, I mean, I what just kind of saw a bunch Z-er. of headliners. I mean, a bunch of headlines that said that yeah. one of them was like, boundaries create more creativity. Look at this fenced playground study. Yeah, so you I'm know, they say good. that you should go to like the 10th thing on Google. Great. To know that it's not <laughs> everything on the top 10 is pushed by like ads right. and stuff. So, so they say. I don't know if that's true. I read that on the top three Google search one time. Well, I want to read the articles that pay to be there. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I trust. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, though. I think like this, I really, I think you're really self aware in the sense that you would thanks. say that like that was you being responsive and still being bound up by that in mm-hmm. some way because like i don't think many people would say that i think that they would be like oh i was free mm, that's probably true but i think you and maybe you just realize it sooner but what like what you were probably and i'm you tell me if this is strong but like what i think you might have been searching for was like meaning and purpose and value yes and so you found that that sort of freedom wasn't eventually going to ever give you that right Mm -hmm. and i think that's what maybe takes some of us longer to come to and not to say like the part i'm not saying the party life or like even that's what you're saying i'm sorry yeah that's not what i meant and that but i'm saying like the complete pushing back of it in response to it is like it's like well that didn't give me the freedom that i thought it was gonna have at all like just Uh being completely responsive to this thing but i think the the true autonomy and the true bravery is like somehow moving forward and saying like, because here's what I also think happens. And I've seen this in like friends and other people, they do that rebellious lifestyle. They realize, well, this sucks. And then they go right on back and they try to go back into the six by six cell. And they're like, well, this is what I want. Like that didn't work. And this is my only other option. And I get why people say that. Like, I was talking to a friend the other day who was kind of reminiscing on his, like, fundamentalist times. And we were both saying, we were both just talking about, like, some things in life that are hard right now. And and he was like, do you ever just kind of, like, wish you could go back? Because sometimes when you remember it, it seemed, they said, like, you wouldn't be happy apart from us. And then you leave. And then we're like, damn, they might be right. And that's really scary. Yeah. And you know you weren't happy back there either, but it's like when they say that, you're kind of like spooked. You're like, how did you know that that's what I would feel? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but also it's like, did you feel that you weren't happy apart? Like they planted the seeds of doubt beforehand, right? Yeah. And then your life was a response. It's almost like you were conditioned 
in some ways to like know you might leave at some point to then go do what was mm. like because i'd be interested to hear how many other people had that story because then when you come back that's actually their favorite celebrate you're the prodigal son 100 you returned and like let's celebrate that the world sucks and we've got it right right you become a uh, yeah a highlight and so like i just wonder how much of it is like and this is going to sound really really negative but how much of it's a long game of manipulation to be like let's get him let's maybe like push him to go out for a little bit it's like rumspringer it's like you leave and you're the amish person you come back and you're like we knew you'd always come back and for the few percent that don't come back it's like well they, they were never truly they were never truly they were never truly into it but i mean yeah i just think it is i'm almost like they can't be that calculated meta i mean maybe i don't know that seems like a lot but I do think it does kind of, it does kind of like gnaw at you a little bit. And you're just like, but then it's also like different denominations are like all saying the same thing of like, without us, you won't be happy. Um, but it's like, I'm like thinking about this playground analogy. That would be like the kids having the gated playground and <laughs> you just being like, and maybe a kid, like, at one point kind of, like, runs up to the gate and is like, oh, I wish it was, like, a little bit bigger. <laughs> and someone's just like, you'd hate it without the gate. <laughs> and then the kid just like, what do I do with that? And then the kid maybe, like, gets out of the gate and is like, yeah, I finally made it out of this gate. And then, like, well, this is, like, a lot of land and my friends aren't here. Like, honestly, it's, like, a pretty hardcore analogy yeah well that's what i was like what would make the being outside the gate for that kid not fun it's like that they're by themselves like all their friends are inside the gate and everyone's pissed at them and everyone's pissed at them that that makes it not fun and also maybe there's not like slides yeah <laughs> we all want to slide <laughs> but it's like the so there's option so you find out that the gate free life isn't for you maybe some people are living that gate free life forever good for them i kind of don't feel like that can go on forever Maybe I'm wrong, but you basically have two choices once you kind of like run that, almost yeah. like go through that phase. It's not a phase, mom, but you it's know. It's not a phase, mom. Um, and you can either go back to the playground or find a new playground or find something else that makes you feel safe. And yeah. I think that's a difficult journey. Yeah, I... It's really interesting. I... There's one playground that is fenced in, and uh, it's in Clayton. Yeah. It's called Shaw Park. And that is funny. Like, it is flooding back to me. Someone's sharing a study about, like, why yeah. fenced in playgrounds. So, I don't know. So, what's interesting to me when I think about this is, like, the terms freedom and the yes. terms rebellion. Yes. Like, what do those even mean? Because I think, like, that's – we're wrestling with two pretty loaded terms. Mm. And A – I think freedom's overrated, and I don't think anyone really knows what they really want or mean by that. Is this episode two of Danny's actually a Calvinist? <laughs> Maybe. It might be. I'm thinking about, like, my wife and I, like, our marriage. Like, mm. full freedom would be a nightmare in marriage. But, like, mutual submission, which is not freedom language, would be how we would live at our highest level. Yeah. And not just us having autonomous freedom. But submission is no one would ever say is free or freedom. And so... Like, I just don't even know if we know what we're talking about when we say we want freedom. And then when we talk about rebellion, it is only useful in terms of, like, fundamentalist Christian. Like, I don't know anyone. Like, when you we were talking about this, and I was interested in talking about this topic, but I don't know if I've ever been, like, used the term rebellion before to talk about people, like, rebelling from church really? or Christ or whatever. Okay. Um, 
And I mean, like, I, I'll probably use other words, like we turn our own way or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, that just seems like such a strong term that I think like, I think like civil war, like it's like people like insurrection and like people like rebelling against the the powers that be, you know? Yeah. Well, rebellion to me, when I hear rebellion, re- you can't rebel from nothing. Like you rebel from something. That's the preposition that goes with it. Hmm. And so it's like. You an English teacher? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so you have to have something to like divert from. And mm-hmm. sense, to me, rebellion is like, I'm going to do the opposite of what you told me to do. Yeah. Versus just like, I, th- I feel like that is different than just not doing the right thing. Like if I tell my yeah. students like, I'd love for you to do this assignment <laughs> and a kid like goes to sleep. Okay, they're not doing what I asked, but they're not really like fighting me on it or doing the opposite. A kid rebelling would be a kid like ripping up the paper and throwing it in my face and saying like, I don't want to do your dumb assignment. Do you know what I'm saying? I experience that kind of rebellion on a daily basis as a parent. So, so yeah, I mean, so in that, like that makes sense, right? It's like not, not doing something, but it's like actively doing the opposite and like (laughs) making it known how distasteful it is to you to be asked to do Uh the thing yeah but that again is not actually asserting quote freedom because you're still totally ruled by if you're if i don't know if you say like clean your room and your kid like makes the room more messy they're not doing what they want to do they're doing something to spite you right but also like does any when you were rebelling like does anyone think that rebelling, rebellion is a pathway to freedom? Like, did you think at any point, like, this is, um, like, on the way to freedom? Or you were just living into, like, rebelling? It's a great question. Um, I'm not sure if, like, freedom was on the mind. It was just, like, I maybe I thought that it was the path. Mm. I thought that rebellion was the pathway to stop caring about the voices. Okay. I thought like once I push past it enough, almost like um, what's it called when you like like immersion therapy? That's not what I'm trying to say. Immersion like that. <laughs> um, when they like Conversion give it to therapy. you. No, when they like um, diversion therapy. When you have to like, if you were scared of spiders and they make you like swim with spiders, right? Like therapy where you have to. It doesn't matter. Like a nightmare? No. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, this is the word. I got to. There was a few. No, there was a few. Um, This was a while ago. <laughs> but I get an episode from my friend who was listening to one of the episodes. And I was trying to think of a word. And she texted me. And she was like, I think the word you were trying to think of was this. And then I get a text five minutes later. And she was like, you just remembered the word that you needed. Like, it was really funny. Well, maybe it will text you this time. Right. Um, Like. This is driving me nuts. It's fine. Um, the the ad- no, it's not immersion. Yeah, it's you're immersing into the thing you hate. But that's not that's not what it's called. It okay, okay, whatever. Um, so maybe it's immersion therapy. But I thought like the way to the way to see that that authority didn't matter was to like do the opposite until I didn't care anymore. But yeah. that didn't happen. I just kept doing the opposite because I cared so much. Yeah. And so I guess I thought, maybe I thought I'm rebelling to rebel, but also maybe this will get me to stop caring. And that didn't happen. Hmm. I kept caring. I just was doing more things that I didn't really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an interesting, like, 
so let's pull this back to the 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 higher level view of like for someone in deconstruction like i think that's an interesting thing to consider of like where is where am i experiencing freedom what do i think provides freedom and what am i trying to experience freedom from if we're leaving something but also it's like i think i i've just not heard a story like yours in this regard before Mm. of like i'm rebelling to find this or to escape this or to say screw you to this and then like just realizing that you were you were essentially a slave to the same system but just in like a different way right and i just like i don't know that i have heard anyone articulate it that way and so like for someone that is in that space right like We've gotten away from this actually in a while, but like, what what would your advice be to someone in that? Or like, Who's what in you, the middle of rebellion? From, do so. Talking back to yourself, yeah. knowing what you know now, mm. and not necessarily being like, I want to save my faith, or I want to go back. Like, just knowing objectively about life, what you know now, and obviously we wouldn't change anything, right? Because it's like you are you, and yes. you're here, and these are all wonderful things. It's helping you become that. But for someone that's in it, like maybe they're looking for that. Like, what would you say to that person or you back in that space? I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you said that because it's like, okay, I mean, there's some stuff I did that I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But in the reality, it's part of my story and I wouldn't change anything. But I think I think what I would just say is like, Emily, what do you actually want to be doing? Like, what do you want? Because you weren't ever asked that or it's kind of like when we started this podcast, I was really big to like listening to my body and like. What do I want? What do I think? And that was like very big. And that was kind of me starting like post intense rebellion era. Hmm. And I was starting to figure out like, okay, this is actually time to like connect with myself and listen to myself. I'm not connecting with myself when I'm just doing the opposite of what I was told to do. I'm not actually asking myself what I want and what I need. And so I think I think I would just say like, just sit with yourself and really ask what you want. Maybe write about it. Mm. classic english teacher advice but just like i think reflecting and being in tune with yourself and your body and being like okay what do i want what do i need what will make me feel like safe and healthy and happy Mm. i think that's the question to ask well dustin i talked about this on the episode him and i did with his just hit record episode about Mm. like journaling a little bit and like taking a little bit of inventory and stuff like i really do think writing it down and trying to be and maybe not everyone struggles with this but i'll like try to write as if i know someone else will read it and so it's like still me putting up a facade but like if you like write in like your journal and you're just being like that's where i think journaling and like writing those things down could be really it gives you an opportunity to be vulnerable in a way that no one else will see it and like maybe you can finally tell the truth to yourself and i think that's maybe the hardest part in it at least from my perspective it's like I can just tell myself the lies that I want to be true to protect myself from something. Mm. And I think trying to find ways to be, to tell ourselves the truth, maybe where others around us won't. Cause that's the other thing is like, I think sometimes when we're rebelling, like if we're a part of something, people want us to be happy. And so they're going to cheerlead us through it. And they don't really think about what's really going to be best for us. Like I've cheered other people on, during things that I know that are probably not long-term helpful because I know that it's like maybe helpful for them in the moment. Yeah. Um, 
I've probably done that for you during times. It's like I've been like, hey, oh, like, sure. like you go for it, girl. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know that I really like co-signed what's happening. Mm-hmm. But like I care about you and I want you to feel my support among above other things. 100%. But I think that's where it's like how often are we creating space for ourselves to be honest with ourselves is probably. And this could just be me speaking to me and be like, I need to do that more with myself. Um, but I imagine I'm not just me in that boat, you know. Yeah, there's a huge poster in my classroom that says, how will I know what I think until I see what I say? Mm. And at least for me, that rings really true that sometimes when I take the time to write or process or sometimes it's like sometimes I just like voice memo myself in the car and it just like makes me feel like I have like some sort of platform and that it will be held and I just talk out loud and it gets me it gets me to a place that I didn't know I was thinking about. And so, I mean, that's the beauty of writing to me, but. I feel like last episode was like go to therapy and this episode is like journal. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. We're in our our therapy era. Our therapy era. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I have much more on this, but I think it's been an interesting conversation in the sense that I don't think we talk about those domains often enough maybe. Yeah. Um, Because even now, like as we're talking about, like, like I realize this as we're going through like both freedom, but primarily rebellion. It's like, building a scaffolding around that like i didn't even have a great context for it and so even mm-hmm. just naming it i think is helpful um so when someone says that person's living in rebellion or someone's <laughs> like hey i'm finally free like what do you mean by mm. that and what do we mean mm. by that is helpful to define and i just think i don't know i was glad to talk about this because i don't think that is in an era of my deconstruction that was really witnessed on the pod because we mm. started the pod kind of after but i was just kind of reflecting and I do think it I do think it's probably kind of a natural part of deconstruction. And so I think I do think there will be people listening being like, Yeah, like yeah. we've been there. And yeah, so, it's a part of your journey I overlook because A, I didn't know you then. Yeah. But also it's like I really oftentimes when you talk about memories like those, mm-hmm. I put them into your fully deconstructed era. Yes. Because that's where I just assume they fit. But I forget that there was this like pre-construction pre-deconstruction yeah before you ever really like dove into any of this mm. and and in the identity or in the idea of like embracing the journey i think that's helpful too to like name that like there are different parts of this and like not rushing yourself through any of them yeah. and like being able to maybe we should talk about that season of your life more in the sense that it's just like naming an area that could be really overlooked and one that i know we do not intentionally but it's like it's maybe the least sexy but maybe one of the more painful parts of the journey. And I think, honestly, I think it goes back to our last episode and that, like, I don't really like talking about it because I definitely feel some shame about it. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's I think it's going to be one of those things. Just as I'm talking, I'm like, I know other people are going to, like, relate to this. And I think it's even just talking about it and thinking about people listening to it makes me feel less alone. Yeah. Well, we don't want to be alone. And we're not alone. Not alone. Um... Do you have any more recommendations? Oh, are you going to talk about what we talked about off camera? Elemental? Yeah. I didn't like it. Boo. Uh, I so I so I said that I'm like the king of the hot take. I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Um my kids really liked it. They and we watched it now so many times <laughs> since that. getting it. It's like one of the two movies I own on Apple TV because they wanted to watch it so bad I bought it on... Is it Encanto and Elemental? No, it's Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Oh my God, Free Guy's a great... Honestly, I could talk about Free Guy and Deconstruction for an hour. We should. I, I thought it was great. We should. I'm so serious. Let's rewatch it and I'm we'll do happen. a movie review. Yeah, good. no, I'm so serious. Um, So I 
would recommend Elemental in the sense that I liked the message. I thought it was really a great story and message. Yeah. I thought everything about the characters and all of that were really cool. I thought what they did with it, the animation, all of it I dug on. I just thought the story was so scattered that, and for anyone that hadn't seen it, it's not a huge spoiler, but they keep going back to this broken wall that they're fixing. And I'm like, I thought we fixed that. And they would only go back for, it was such a minor part of the story and it was used as a mechanism to kind of keep them connected to each other. Mm. But that's what it felt like. It felt like this like like self or like artificially generated issue because you couldn't think of anything better to keep them connected yeah. to each other. Okay. It felt forced to okay. me. Okay. Okay. I think I think that's valid. But the overall message of it, um, which I thought was really, really good of being like, well, I mean, what I perceive to be the message is like we are all unique people mm-hmm. and we have like things that make us unique. Oftentimes I think we want to be in our homogenous communities, but like these two yes. people complemented each other really, really well. Everyone in their life was like, you shouldn't be together mm-hmm. and everything about their chemistry said they shouldn't or biology said they shouldn't be together. But it's like, they found like when they took a little leap of faith, they like radically like changed their lives for the better. So I loved it. And I think I, you loved it. That part. I love yeah. the story. <laughs> I did not love the stupid the wall. Oh. <laughs> um, I also think it's a pretty, it made, it kind of made like discussions of immigration pretty like kid level, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I actually thought I never, so I had not heard anything about it and I had no idea what it was about. Uh, and so I like the opening scene, they're like on the boat and it goes through the fog yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is about immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> like that was my immediate thought uh, but i was like oh this is what so it's like i, I thought that it kind of is it is 100 yeah. percent. i just like i did not imagine that's what the I story agree. was going to be about i don't feel like the trailer had any part of no to do with that. but it was like that was the driving force mm-hmm. of it and that's why i thought it was really interesting and i was like i want to watch this because i had no like idea that it would have been about like a first generation family trying to make a life in a world that was not ready to receive them right i'm with you and the struggles of that so this was actually not going to be my recommendation, but it, you, your thoughts on Elemental made me think of this. Yeah. Um, there's a book I read a little while ago called Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Nyeri. Okay. And he says, so it's interesting that you were complaining about like this story didn't feel very coherent. Um, and he, like his refrain, he was um, a refugee kid from, I think Iran. I'm sorry if I'm incorrect, Daniel. I know you listen, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't talking to you. Yeah. Um. But like he keeps saying over and over again, his story is also really scattered. And then he says like a patchwork memory is the shame of a refugee. And he like says that over and over again in a sense that sometimes things feel discombobulated when you like literally move countries. Yeah. And so not that I'm not saying that Elemental did that on purpose, but it is kind of interesting if you think about the immigrant experience, which I don't understand and you don't understand. But... It's, I just was thinking about the connection between those two pieces of media about yeah. the immigration experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, – this was just a massively big city, and the fact that this thing could have gone under the radar and only these two people could fix it. I mean, it was like walking clouds and fire and water. Like, I thought the movie was as much about, like, immigration and relationships as it was about how bad the bureaucracy of, like, government <laughs> – is just like forcing these two people to have to fix a problem that the government should be fixing for them. Yeah. It was the more I think about it, the more I don't like the movie. Actually. Okay. Um, well, you heard it here first folks. 
We should um let's definitely do a poll um on our Instagram if people liked Elemental or not. Yeah. Um put it in the story. I will. When I'll give people more time to watch it. Um well anyway, watch Elemental or not if you don't think you'll like it. <laughs> no, watch it if you don't think you'll like it. I said this on the Barbie one. We should You're all right. watch things that we don't like. You're right. Watch it. Um, <laughs> um and as always, thank you for listening and embrace the journey. Ooh, we were off, we were on, off that. on that. We're never off. I kind of jumped again, I'll be honest. Yeah.